by Riverside. What is going on, listeners, people? We're so happy that you're here with us. Welcome into the Young Dad Pod. I'm Joel, and with me, of course, as always, is Aaron. Hey, Aaron, say hello to the people. What up, what up? We are back for episode two of the Young Dad Pod, where we have a banger, as the kids say, of an episode. Right? The kids say banger, right? That's the little thing. Uh, I don't know. That might be out the window already. We're hip with it, obviously. Today we got the best excuses, jobs, masculinity, and situationship. So grab a snack, grab a juice box, and let's talk. But before we get too far into the podcast today, we have to take a moment to thank the coldest water the coldest dog bowl, the coldest half-gallon jug, the coldest everything. An amazing brand, five years running now, award-winning within all the major magazines across the United States. These water bottles are no joke. They hold up. They're just amazing. They're my favorite thing. I have one for each of my kids. They both love it. We love them. We use them daily. No bad things can be said about the coldest water. Get one for yourself before it's too late into the season, or you can pick up a thermos for those pumpkin spice lattes this fall. Go to thecoldest.com, use the code BALLBOY10 at checkout, order one if not all the products your heart desires for this fall and winter, and for your loved ones for the holidays now, and thank us later. Alright Aaron, I have a situation for you. Let's get it. You wake up. In the morning, you just do not want to go to work. You need an excuse. I need you to give me a go-to excuse, and I need an excuse that shouldn't work, but does work. Oh, dude, the go-to excuse has got to be a flat tire. Flat tire works every time. Yeah, but you can't miss a whole shift for a flat tire, I feel. Oh, you want to bet? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, if I'm your boss, a flat tire is like, okay, so you're going to be late. Yeah, but I used my other spare with the other flat tire. <laughs> so how many flat tires have we had? <laughs> it works every time, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but you got to be running out of tires at some point. Or you need to check your driving. Like, I'm concerned as your boss. I'm like, dude. Do we need to get you a driving test? Because if you're using like any machinery at work, I'm like, no, you're done. No, we're good. <laughs> we're good. I'm going to say I have explosive diarrhea. Oh, there you go. Because you can't just say you're not feeling well or you're under the weather or you're having stomach issues. Everyone knows what stomach issues means. But if you can just straight up say I have explosive diarrhea... To your supervisor, that phone call's done. Yeah, you're, you're not even getting a text back. You're getting left on red. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead and just call off, bud. It's like you're not, you're, you're just not coming in. Like, 
there's no way to come back from that as the boss. If someone texts me, oh yeah, I'm not coming to have explosive diarrhea, I'm not even replying. I might Yeah, you don't want that you don't want that in the office. I'm replying a thumbs up. <laughs> like what do you say to that? You say, Alright, have a good day. <laughs> that just feels like it feels like you need to be more supportive. Like, feel better. You got this. Alright, give me an excuse that shouldn't work, but does work. Uh, I don't know, dude. Uh, I don't typically cough, but I think one that works that shouldn't is, um, I don't know, the dog sick or. Oh, using your yeah. pet, using yeah. your pet. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't use your kid. Your kids, it's too far. You oh, that kind of karma. you can use but, your kids, dude. I've I've oh, used can. my kids to get out of work when I'm at work, and I'm like, I just I'm not feeling it today. Can I just make up an excuse, like with my kids, like, oh, my kid's not feeling feeling well. I gotta go. Because there's no. Jules' push employer has entered the chat. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. I don't have one, so. <laughs> No, because every time I've used it in the past, it was like, no questions asked. Just, hey, I need to go pick my kid up. She's not feeling well. I gotta go grab her. Or the one that doesn't work, that does work, but shouldn't, I don't have a babysitter. Oh, there you go, dude. That's one of my favorites. Because I have a babysitter. That's where they're at right now. I, A, don't want to pay them. And B... I don't want to be here, so see my way out to go pick them up, hang out with them, and not be here anymore. See what I did there? The A B C C B A. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, that was that was smooth. You don't even appreciate it. So <laughs> here we go. The audience appreciates it. In case you didn't know, the Young Dad Podcast is recorded live in front of a studio audience. Yeah, shout out to the people. Shout out to the people. Okay, any other classic excuses that you had used to get out of work? Um, not really, man. No, I, I, I try and make it an effort to get to work every day. I mean, same, same. What kind of people are we? We're just hardworking people. And that just... Yeah, man. That transitions us almost per seamlessly into our meaningful topic, meaningful-ish topic. So we took a topic this week, blue collar versus white collar. Aaron, tell us what blue collar is for the listeners that might hear that, but not know what it actually is. I guess, give me some context into blue collar. Oh, blue collar, you're out there getting it, dude. You're actually uh, using your hands and skills to to make money. Could be anything from, you know, being a, a mechanic to a welder or, I mean, anything that's labor-intensive, honestly. Okay. And then for a white collar, for you people that might not know what it is or not 100% sure for some context here, it's your prototypical nine to five job where you traditionally do wear a collared shirt. You don't really get your hands dirty. 
you don't really physically work, you more mentally and emotionally work, opposed to actually doing the labor, being on that grind, and doing that thing. So Aaron, for you, you worked blue collar basically like your entire career, correct? Yeah, that's right. So how has that like affected you like personally? Uh, it's 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 a it's a blessing and a curse. I mean, it it installs a good work ethic in you, but also at the end of your work week, it's it's rough, you know, having the energy to deal with the kids and and get out there and be with them after you've worked a uh, forty to sixty hours of of hard labor intensive work. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. So for your family. So being that that's been your entire career, that's been, you know, kind of just what you've done, your entire relationship with your wife, kind of what, how has that kind of affected like your, your like family and like being at home and whatnot on a daily basis? And how has that changed over time? Uh, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not a huge thing. I mean, the, the biggest thing we deal with is just being tired. Also, I do... I'm not sure if it's the same way in white collar, but like we do tend to work a lot of overtime. Things have to get done. So, I mean, we're a 10 hour day might turn into a 14 or 16 hour day. Okay. Makes sense. And then, so what, what do you do more so like when you have one of those super long labor intensive weeks, but let's say you had something planned with, with the old lady come Friday or Saturday and you're just beat down what what does that like look like like for you guys you know or how has that like evolved over time to to what it is now how do you make that time for like your 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 significant other how do you make that time for for your kids like just where when you have those 60 hour weeks where does that time come from or how do you kind of balance that uh you just gotta sacrifice really man i mean on my Friday, I might be dead tired, but I mean, I'm going to make the time to spend with my family. I'll just get it back on the back end, knock out early on Friday and get it back on Saturday. Love that. Love that. So it's it's pretty similar in white collar. I mean, granted, there's not as much overtime. You know, the job's kind of going to be there when we come back tomorrow. Not too much is going to change um, unless there's like a deadline that has to be met, which, you know, there are deadlines or there are goals that do have to be met. But at the same time, it's a lot of things can be moved to the next day. So for me, working mostly, I wouldn't say mostly white collar because I've also worked in retail, which is, you know, very hands on as well. But more or less the last year, two of the last three years have been more white collar for me so there definitely are are the pluses to white collar where you have that family time already kind of built in because you know when you're getting off at a set time you have a set routine when you wake up and go when you come home and things like that you know what i mean yeah no i I get it and so that was great for me because i was i was straight blue collar right before that you know working those long retail hours and working that overtime, getting the job done, working with my hands before that, you know, running a fast food restaurant, things like that, where 
that there's that difference where you go from working that extremely long schedule and all of a sudden you're working this almost normal person's schedule where you actually have that work-life balance. So that's that's kind of what I want to get into here. What what do you do personally? Other than the sacrifice, kind of make it up on a Saturday. What do you do during the week to still find that work-life balance? Uh, for me, it's just uh, I'm lucky enough um, that the schedule I work is overnight, but uh, it works out great for me and my family. When I get off in the morning, I'm able to uh, take my oldest daughter to school, um, drop the, the younger one off at daycare, and then take a nap, you know, get my rest in for the day, and I'm right back up right before it's time to pick up my daughter, and, and I'm up for the day. So that's how I sacrifice. I mean, during the week, I get, you know, less sleep than I probably should, but at the same time, I get to still spend a good amount of time with my daughters before I head off to work. That's nice. I remember when I was working overnights, it was a lot of the same where I would get off, I would get home, I would take my oldest to preschool when she was, when I was on that schedule, she was like two. And then I would sleep, she would come home, my, um, I guess ex-wife, wife at the time, they would come home from preschool and I'd wake up, hang out with them for a couple hours and and then it was off to work and do it back the back the same way the next day. And it really changed because it was really short. Those days are short, especially your days off. They're short. They go by quick. So Yeah, no, you're you're not lying. No, they go you're by definitely right. And that's with every job. You know, it's it's every job. Even those nine to five Monday through Fridays, those jobs are almost even more of a grind because you're almost waiting for Friday. If that makes sense. It comes yeah, just, no, it. comes just really slow. Like really slow. And so during the week, you know, from personally, I, I have to find things outside of spending time with my kids now because I only have them half the time, you know, with just the sit with the circumstances that they are, I have to find something to kind of put my energy into. So for the listener that might be struggling with the work, work-life balance, Aaron, what, what are some ways that you, that like excess energy you might have, what are some things that you put that into during the week or on your weekends to help you feel personally, feel normal? Um, what's helped me actually recently is um, just working around the house, you know, keeping keeping things organized, keeping things clean. It, it's therapeutic and it's very satisfying when, you know, you have certain things that you got to put into order and you, you put them into that order. I like it. I like it. For me personally, it's, this is going to sound weird to the listener, but I love listening to TED Talks. TED Talks definitely help me feel, feel grounded and just help me think about things I might have a thought of but really help me clarify those thoughts in addition to that being creative being able to find an outlet for the creativity I might not get to have at work there are some jobs where they're just very black and white they're very dull they're very gray and you don't really get to put in any color to your job if that makes sense yeah no I get it 
And so being able somewhere to almost paint a canvas, I mean, I don't paint, but I write. I will blog. I will, you know, work on the scripts for our podcast here, or I'll work on, you know, chopping up the audio for YouTube videos or for TikToks or creating Instagram posts, just literally anything to be creative. And thinking yeah, you of, gotta stimulate the, gotta stimulate that um, that creative itch. Exactly. So I I think it's important, you know, for the listener to know to, to find the, find things that help you feel normal throughout the week because there's not a lot of normal during those forty, if not sixty hours during the week where you don't get that time. So you almost have to build that part into, to your day to day life or into your routine and maybe sacrifice a half hour of sleep to be able to do something for yourself that adds that color back into your life. Which brings us to kind of talking about when it comes to self-care. You know, working blue collar for yourself, what kind of things do you do for yourself to have self-care throughout the week or on your days off to be able to stay stay sane, if you will. Uh, I like to do a lot of activities that get me out of the city. So I'm an avid fisherman. Uh, I like to go shooting. I like riding um, my dirt bikes, motorcycle. Just anything to get me away from city life. Like I love taking the kids out and just, just being in nature and decompressing. I mean, you get so caught up in, in day-to-day, you just forget to be thankful for living, you know what I mean, that you're above the ground. No, I love that because we, we do forget that a ton, whether it's being out in nature, being out with our family or being out with our kids or being out with our significant other and just doing something simple, maybe something that doesn't even cost money, but taking a hike, going fishing, doing those things that we just forget to do almost you know because we forget that those things are things to do because they're not part of the daily hustle and bustle and they're not part of the routine and they're not built in for me personally it's just finding finding ways to to just not think you know taking taking my dog to the dog park going on that hike you know spending time with my kids and especially importantly putting my phone down I feel that's a big one that really just helps everyone have better self-care. You know, put it down, put it to the side, just not think about it for a while. Yeah, dude, it's it's uh it's kind of hard to to be on your phone when you're when you're in a like a, a state park and got to worry about like a bear or a cougar. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Or when you're just trying to, you know, especially when you're exploring a new trail. And you have yeah. no clue where this trail leads. And so you can't really be on your phone scrolling through Instagram when you're walking an uneven ground. And you don't want to get eaten by a cougar or a bear. So that's a great, great point. Or if you're holding a fishing pole, you can't hold a fishing pole and scroll Facebook at the same time. So you can't yeah, listen no, to your favorite you... podcast, however. You get to find that moment where you get the the perfect uh, story pick, or 
Yeah, so so one thing that I've actually thought a lot about recently, and you just reminded me of that. When I was younger, I don't remember what grade, but I had a teacher. I, don't, I think it might even been from a movie that I, that we saw or something, but have you ever heard, like, take a picture with your mind and, like, not with oh, your yeah, phone? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm huge about that. Um, a lot of the people, like, in my family around me, they're, they're so tapped into their phones and, oh, we want to capture the moment, but it's like you just ruined the moment. Because you pulled out your phone, interrupted the moment, so yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> yeah, when you're at a concert energy. or when you're at like when you're out somewhere, you're at a birthday party or you're at like a special moment, and then someone pulls out their phone and you take that picture. But it's like, can we? My picture's up here because I just want to remember this moment. That's all yeah, I want. I I mean. I, don't get me wrong, I get it, you know, you want to capture a moment and, and share it to people, and, you know, I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I'm guilty of it sometimes, but I definitely, more often than not, find myself just leaving the phone down and, and just enjoying the moment, in the moment. Definitely, and it's, those moments are even better like that, especially when you're, like, with your kids, you're doing something, something special, or you might, it might not even be special, but you might just be fishing, and, you know, you just want to remember that fish that your daughter caught because she was super proud of it because she tied that line by herself and everything into that moment. You just you just remember it and it just kind of is there, like in your memory is just a, a exactly that as a as a memory. Yeah, there's something special to it. I mean, it, it's a great thing to have a record, but it's a even more special thing when you share moments with people. Amen to that. So. Any last talk? Any last thoughts on blue collar, white collar, work life balance, or self care for you? From you? Um, yeah, you gotta get off your butt and go earn it, man. You gotta go and do whatever you gotta do to get it. True, and either way that it comes, you know, there's no judgment for us. There's, there's just, there's, there's opportunity out there. It's about finding what's gonna work best for you as an individual. What's going to allow you to find that best work-life balance for you and be able to still practice a good, healthy routine of self-care as well? That's what I firmly believe. It's going to be different for everyone. So that moves us into our hot topic of the hour. So for the listeners... Aaron and I were both girl dads. We have a total of four little girls between us. We each have two. All of them are six or younger, with the youngest being 22 months. That one's mine. We have a pretty important job and responsibility of making sure that we treat them and show them how they should be treated and cared for by a partner, especially a male. So we really set that, set that standard. Would you, would you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, you're the, the first male they ever see in their life. So, I mean, it's it's kind of, you know, it's it's cemented in their minds the way you treat them. Exactly. So talk to me a little bit on toxic masculinity and what it means 
to you or how it I guess yeah what it means to you kind of how you've seen it how you're making it not a thing in your in your girls lives and kind of what it looks like in your family or doesn't um, look like yeah I know for me I mean it's it's gonna be more of like a a male that's just like very inconsiderate like just chauvinistic like just someone who's really old-fashioned if you will like just not up to the way we live in society now um it, i see it a lot in like older men like that are raising sons they want their sons to be these uh macho big tough guy like men with no feelings you know robots and it's mm -hmm. it's like we're not we're not that anymore you know it's to me it's it's you gotta have um you still have to have that masculine side to you but there's also room for you to to be emotional for you to be connected emotionally with with your kids or with your wife yeah to have that emotional availability is huge and even that emotional intelligence at the same time to be able to be able to understand emotions to be able to understand your own emotions and the emotions of someone else and be open and willing to listen you know i feel is a huge part i feel unfortunately we're still there in so much of our society where you know men are still kind of put into that to that mold where you know kind of like elsa conceal don't feel Oh yeah, there you go. If you will, <laughs> reference. The people like it, but no, I, I mean that's kind of how it is still, and that's something that you know that's how I was raised. You know, kind of conceal, don't feel, man up, toughen up, be tough. Yeah, see, it's it's hard, man, because um, you can't be too soft. If everyone was too soft, we wouldn't have any men to be men mm -hmm. when we needed when we need it but at the same time you don't want to always have that mask on of oh i'm the tough man i'm the you know it, it doesn't need to be there all the time no and you definitely can you can definitely be both you know you don't have to be just that full masculine manly man all the time because that's not healthy for for anyone that you're around anyone that you're dealing with you know of course, that's my opinion, but anyone like that probably not gonna have too many friends. They're most likely gonna be pretty narcissistic, pretty self-centered. I know I'm throwing out some pretty big words there, but that's that's just kind of how it is. That's kind of how they're gonna be. It's it's and it's yeah, okay. No, it's, it's okay to have both. It's okay to feel both, yeah. be both. Yeah, I feel like we're. Um problem we have in our society now is men are lost in in translation like they're too busy trying to be men you know what I mean it's 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 something like they have good intention but it's just the way that we've been taught um at least in my culture is like you know like you say you, you got to be a tough man you got to go out there and work and provide for your family but also be the person that disciplines your children or you know it's it's not really thought of for men to be 
um, on the softer side or to to be um, you know more emotional than or even equally as emotional as women yeah no it's there's definitely some things that you know men men should do within their partnership you know unless it's you know a male and male then you kind of got to figure those those roles out within your own relationship but in a traditional aspect you know there are certain things that kind of depending on how you're raised that a man should do but at the same time we've come to a point in society where okay maybe a man doesn't have to do all that maybe it is okay if a woman does that for within the family maybe it is okay if a woman disciplines the children you know physically or you know if a man doesn't always do all these chivalrous chivalrous things you know it really just depends on how you're raising your culture honestly yeah it has a lot to do like i said i mean it's the same way as how you're the first man in your daughter's lives um your your father was the same same way for you you know what I mean? mm-hmm. he's the the cornerstone in your life so however you were raised is gonna affect what you put out as well but also you could be the 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 link in the chain that changes everything that changes the cycle exactly and you should 100 should you know if your situation wasn't perfect you know your dad wasn't the best or you know however however it might be definitely be that be that change to to change it be the one that you know sets that sets that bar high for your daughter's your daughter or son's future boyfriend you know being being all inclusive but you know set that bar high for how they how they should be treated you know moms same for your sons you know set that bar high for how your son should be loved and deserve to be loved and listened to and heard and respected and dad same thing for your sons don't don't hide behind that that mask of oh i i, I don't have feelings I, I can't connect to my boy my boy needs to be tough kind of thing no you're yes he needs to be tough i feel like that's where where it really goes wrong is be being tough and being over the top you know that there's a fine line there and we really just have to show our kids at the end of it when it comes to this topic of you know toxic masculinity just exactly how they should be loved how they should be treated and really just set that bar bar high in those two categories and if you know their partner or who they date when as they get older and into their teenage years and college and whatnot and they get married if they're treating them how you would treat them you know that love that kindness that high bar uh, that that's you you can't really ask too much more for for your kid at that point you know what i mean yeah no i and i definitely think um whatever way you do raise them that's what's going to feel like home so you could you know if you're bringing them up a certain way they're not going to go looking for something else. What what is familiar to them is what's going to feel like home. So that's what they're going to go for. True, true, very, very true. 
So that gets us into our next topic here, mansplaining. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, mansplaining. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk on this for a minute. I'm uh, been told I'm a master of mansplaining and I'm a match, master of coach speak. If you don't know what mansplaining is, well, you probably do. I'm guaranteeing you do because I've heard guarantee you've had a man of some kind or woman, woman-splain or man-splain something to you. Basically what it is, it's a man explaining it to... Commonly, it's it's to explain something to a woman in a condescending way that assumes she has no knowledge about the topic. Very common in sports, very common in male-dominated fields, and then, you know, vice versa, where a woman will woman-splain something to a man for for him to understand. You know, sure, we've been on both sides of it, but for us, it's super important. Aaron, you, you called me on it before, jokingly and lovingly, when I'm talking to my kids, and I may or may not be mansplaining something to my girls. Yeah, it's, I mean... I, I hate the whole concept in general of mansplaining, woman-splaining. I mean, it's just, it, it's, I think it's misconstrued as a, as a, 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 like a thing between the sexes, but honestly, it's just like you, con you come off condescending to someone and, and it just affects the whole tone of the conversation, right? So mm -hmm. it, it's more of a, a tone setting thing right so it's you you go into something unintentionally you know condescending and someone takes it the wrong way and oh, all of a sudden you're mansplaining yeah exactly and there is ways to kind of go about it to approach it where you don't come off that way and really what you what you do in that situation is you understand who you're talking to whether it's a man or a woman because men can mansplain to other men. Women can women-splain to other women. It really, what, come, what it comes down to is just assuming the other person knows nothing about what you're talking about. And first, eliminating that assumption. Because you never know. Second is knowing your audience, reading the room. And I forgot my third point there, but... Really, just don't assume. Know who you're talking to and just have a normal conversation with them. Don't try to explain something. If someone has a question, I'm pretty sure we're at that point in our society where if we have a question, we'll ask. Or if we don't understand something, we will say, hey, we don't understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's... it. I mean, it's not necessarily a problem between uh, men and women. I think it's getting played that way. Like oh, mansplaining and womansplaining. I mean, it's just you know we when you have a lot of knowledge about something, you naturally tend to come off condescending and, and tell someone oh you you just get into explaining certain things that you would assume they don't know about. Yeah, and I feel it's even there. You know, within the workplace, like boss to subordinate, or when you're or just when anyone's somewhere where they think they're higher or above the person that they're interacting with yeah no i i see that a lot too 
and it's it's unfortunate because um, <laughs> I've seen many cases where uh, just a regular worker is is way smarter or more knowledgeable than a manager is, and it's just because like the manager has a degree or or some kind of of qualification that got them the position, mm-hmm. but but they really don't know anything about what they're doing. Yeah, no, and that happens all the time in work, especially where the boss is like, oh, yeah, I'm the boss. I know what I'm doing better than what my 20-year, you know, worker knows. Newsflash, you don't. Yeah, no, no kidding. Just, you don't, you don't know better than that person, and don't, don't assume you do. You know, there's that old saying about assuming what happens, so... Why would you assume and, you know, it's just really a, a really negative stigma, especially it happens in food service a lot, happens in retail a ton, and it especially happens in work workplaces far too often where it's like just the dynamics and someone thinks they're above someone else and you can tell those people that feel that way about themselves as well, so... That's that's main mansplaining. So so Aaron, personally, what do you do to practice, you know, being or having aggressively non toxic masculinity and not mansplaining? What are some things that you personally do that help you in these these instances? Uh, I think honestly, it's just the way I carry myself. I treat everyone with the same respect. You know, I'll, I'll give it up front, but if you're giving me any reason to doubt that you have the same level of respect then. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you there. Where Sorry, go ahead with your thought. Oh, no, I, I'm done. I was just saying um, that I, I just approach everyone with the same attitude. Same okay, yeah, that golden rule is, we touched on that last week, where that golden rule kind of applies to, to all situations where that's really how you're going to instill it in your kids. That's how you're going to do it with yourself. That's how you're going to do it at work, when you're at the grocery store, when you're out to eat, when you're interacting with your kids teachers or you're at church or really anywhere that you might be it's just that golden rule is what it really comes down to and I I 100% agree with that as to how you can really practice you know being aggressively not toxic you're aggressive not toxic non-toxic masculinity try saying that five times fast and not mansplaining or womensplaining however you want to look at it So, now we're moving on. Uh, any final thoughts for the people? Yeah, man, just um, just be nice. <laughs> that's that's all you Kind can do. kindness nice. is free. Be a good person. Kindness is free. <laughs> and the people agree. So that brings us into situationship. Situationship for the people. This is a segment where we both bring one situation each to the table 
and we asked the other to discuss what they would do in said situation. They can ask questions for clarity and kind of contextual to be able to understand it better. And so do you want to kick it off or do you want me to kick you off first? That sounded, oh, yeah, that did not ahead. come out right. So you're in the drive-thru with your family. <laughs> you're placing your order. No big deal. But then you hear, could you drive up to the speaker? You're talking to the trash can. How are you recovering from this? Because you now are getting roasted by two to three people within that same car with you for talking to a trash can. And the whole fast food restaurant's laughing at you because you were just ordering to a trash can. And you can hear the person on the intercom laughing at you. How are you recovering from this? Oh, I think it's an it's an automatic drive off. An automatic throw it in reverse and, and get out of there. No, it it can't be. You're stuck. There's someone behind you. <laughs> um I I think you gotta play it off, man. You gotta you gotta hit him with the old I oh I knew that. I knew that. I was joking. But it's so yeah. obvious that it wasn't a joke though, because you were like dead into your order. Like you had already gotten, you know, your meal wife's meal you're starting on the kids meal specific specifications everything like yeah i don't know man that's that's a tough one that's uh i guess you're stuck in that situation you gotta you gotta uh, gotta own it but you're also getting roasted by a child and your your wife in this situation as well you or I'm not, because I'm probably only just getting laughed at by one kid, maybe two. But you're getting roasted, like, because I've heard those car conversations when something similar happens that you f up, you get boom roasted. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've never talked to a trash can, but it's uh, I have a rough crowd to deal with. <laughs> yeah, you're getting My obliterated. Like, left and right, like, everyone's laughing at you. You're probably just going to cry your way through the drive-thru. Which is okay. It's okay for men to cry. Yeah. It's healthy. Let it out. Let it out. All right, hit me, hit me with yours. All right, dude, here's your situation. You're in gridlock traffic. No. You're in the middle lane. No diarrhea all day. You no. feel the urge to fart. No. Do you? I'm fart holding it. I'm holding it. it. I have to hold it because I don't know what's gonna come out on the other end. I don't want to have to sit because this is okay. There's two things that can happen. I can hold it in and probably be in intense pain. Right. I'm probably gonna be in intense pain, <laughs> or. Yes. Yeah, you guys get it. You guys get it. Or I'm just going to have to cuz I know what's going to happen. When I if I let it go, I'm letting it go. I, oh no. Dude. Oh, you dude, I know, know I know I mean, my body. Just, 
hypothetically, hypothetically, yeah, no, it's, it's a, a 5149. And those odds are coming through on the 51. I'm taking the over <laughs> on this one for sure. Because, like, I know, like, if I do it, then I'm, like, I know I'm going to be sitting in the liquid brown for the rest of the way home. My car is going to stink. I'm going to have to stand <laughs> on the seat. I'm going to have to let the car air out. I'm going to have to take it to the detailers. Uh, I'm going to have to go straight to the detailers. I can't even just go to the car wash at that point. Because I, I, I see them too often. I don't want them to associate this with me. But if I, I'm going to have to go to a brand new car dealer or detailer. Like, uh, there's no other option here. I'm going straight to the dealership. Or a new detailer I've never been to before. Across town that I will never see ever again in any social setting. Knowing that they're about to clean my Hershey squirts off my seat. Yeah, dude. Or but I feel like if I hold it and the traffic is somehow ends up being longer, either way, it's gonna come out by the time I get, I'm not gonna make it because that pressure builds. I mean, uh, let's 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 be real. You've been in that moment before. You've, we you've all had have that experience before. We all have. We've all been in a situation where we pooped ourselves or almost pooped ourselves. Yeah, dude, but you you tough it out. You gotta. You you, you gotta can, clench up. but it doesn't work. You you try to clench up. You try to clench them cheeks and you know get through the get through the ride home and. It doesn't it doesn't work it just does not work and so you you sit there you just sit there you know we we all have a pooping story where we pooped ourselves in public as adults if you say you haven't it just hasn't happened to you yet okay so yeah i'm gonna try to clench it i'm gonna try to hold it but i'm i know i'm just gonna have to face the concert face the face the music so I might as well just start planning my trip to the detailer and buy a new buying a new pair of pants. Yeah, dude, it's rough. It's a rough life. So, yeah. All right, Aaron, what did you learn today? Um, I learned I learned a new uh, call out excuse. Okay, you you had a really funny so one before the that, show. That was awful. That was so dark. That was so bad. Oh, yeah. that, tell the people. Tell uh, the people. I wanted it to come from your mouth. Yeah. So so this is not my personal excuse, but I've heard this one. And it was quite funny. So this dude used the, my grandma died about like four or five times within the year. And, and I think he cut out people there for a second. So what he was saying is that someone used the excuse that his, that their grandma died four or five times within the, within the year of that job. And so, yeah, it was, it was dark. I was like, who, 
how many times can one grandma die? It doesn't make sense. So, but anyways, Young Dad Pod peeps, thank you so much for being here. We're so grateful for you. Make sure you like, share, review, five stars, subscribe, hit the bell, all those things on all the socials, all the platforms that you can get this podcast on, on the YouTube. Like and follow on the Instagram, follow on Twitter, all those places, all those things, all those social media nuances. We hope you enjoyed your snack. We hope you had a delicious juice box and we hope you had fun talking with us today. We had a great time talking with you and we look forward to doing it again shortly.